everyone and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast. Today it's just myself and Tommy. There's no Matt, he's at British Touring Cars. Um, but we're recording a podcast, Tommy, on a Sunday morning, which feels so unnatural. <laughs> yeah, it does feel really strange. You've you've said you this is the first time you've kind of covered one of these races. Um, and equally for for me, last year. We had a lot of European rounds and even the, you know, the rounds in like Bahrain were still at a, a reasonable time for us. I can hear every um, Australian person ranting at us now saying, oh, boo-hoo, you've got to watch a race at uh, 10 p.m. Well, I get up at 3 a.m. Totally understand that. Um, it's just very unusual that it feels like a very long time since we had a race uh, and qualifying and all these sessions, not at our normal kind of lunchtime. Um, so yeah, we thought we'd do a little uh, early morning pod for us, and then people can listen to it before the race. Exactly, like you say, with coronavirus, we've had such a European central calendar since 2020, so that now we've actually expanded and gone elsewhere. Like you say, it's it's strange to have such late qualifyings, but um, nevertheless, it was a great qualifying. It was worth staying up for for us Absolutely. guys in Europe uh, because Max Verstappen. He put it on pole, which I'm going to be honest, I don't know about you, Tommy, but I wasn't expecting that. I thought, Kota, this is a Mercedes track. Mercedes have put it on pole here every single year in the hybrid era. I was like, this is easily a Lewis Hamilton pole or Valtteri Bottas pole. But Max Verstappen was like, "Mm -mm, not today. Yes, I was very surprised. I I think all of us in our prediction, I... I decided to be different and put Bottas pole, but we all said Mercedes would be pole in our predictions. I think a lot of people thought the same thing. And then after Q1, it was like, oh. Mm. The thing is with Mercedes, even when they're two temps off, just because they've been so dominant for so many years and that, that, you know, they've been so good, you just never believe it, do you? And even when they're two temps off in Q1, it's like, oh, they've not, you know, they've not turned their engine up yet or the sandbagging and they, they're going to blitz it in the final session. And, you know, Hamilton pulled an amazing lap out uh, to take it off Perez, but then Max betted him again. Um, but yeah, it was a big surprise to, to see Max get pole because, like you say, Cota, I think everyone would have put this down as a Mercedes Hamilton pole and win but we shall see yeah we'll we'll talk a little bit about Perez later my heart is still in pieces <laughs> because I really I really thought that could be the time but yeah Checo I mean he was quickest in FP2 and FP3 this weekend so I think a lot of people were like oh you know maybe that's not quite representative of what we're going to see in quali but Red Bulls did prove to be mega quick so uh, let's go on to a question from Team WTF1 member Flying underscore Dutchman 111. They said, do you think there will be another collision with the two title rivals, a couple of high-speed tight tracks to come, and no inch will be given? Well, of course, as you said, Max Verstappen's on pole. Lewis Hamilton is lining up alongside him in P2. I think like I was seeing team accounts tweeting about getting the popcorn ready for today. It's... It's going to be interesting. Let's just say that. Do you do you think the guys are going to come together or do you think they'll keep it clean? I I really hope they don't because I want to mm. see some wheel-to-wheel racing and I want them both in the race. I know for the whole drama of the championship 
and you know Sky Sports and, and Netflix and whoever are going to have an absolute field day if they do collide and take each other out of turn one because they can play that that clip along with all the others in the highlights reel for years and years. But I want to see them two battling out on track and actually having a battle. My concern is I'm in the same camp as a lot of people. It just seems like this title is so close and we've seen now that no one wants to give an inch after Silverstone and Monza that it's almost impossible that they can race each other. It just seems like it's so difficult for them to actually have a battle because as soon as they're together on track and going wheel to wheel, you just think, well, especially, especially turn one at Cota, right? I saw a lot of people saying, Oh, uh, I think it was Hamilton pushed Rosberg wide, didn't he, one year and ran him out mm, wide. Yeah. Um, Hamilton does that again. Max Verstappen is probably the kind of driver that's going to not really take it. So, again, that's a collision. Um, it's just one of those things. I really hope it doesn't happen, but they're just, they're two drivers that aren't going to want to get. I mean, look what we saw in practice. Mm, yeah. They're doing, they're doing it in, in FP2, or was it FP2, FP1? Yeah, FP2, FP2. I think. Yeah. And, Max uh, giving Hamilton the bird, which yeah, yeah and that's not even not even the not even the race yet. So when it gets to the race, I don't know. What do you reckon? I yeah, I have a a bad feeling about it because every time we've seen them on track, like at the start of the season, obviously we had instances where Hamilton and Max were switching for position, and yes, it was close, but they never actually came together. And in Silverstone, before you know the the crash, the changing of position and fight for position was some of the best Formula One racing I have seen in like years. It was amazing, like heart and mouth. And then obviously wheels touched, Max went off. Um, but I really, I hope for the sake of this season that they don't crash together because I really don't want it to be in like 20 years when looking back at the 2021 season, like everyone goes, oh yeah, Max and, and Verstappen, oh, Max and Verstappen. You can tell I've not had, <laughs> yeah, you've been up, up I've been out a long time. Um, but Max and Lewis, uh, you know, oh, that was a season where every time they were near each other on track, they just crashed. Like yeah. we want to see good battles and make it memorable for the right reasons, for the brilliant racing that we know we're, they're both capable of. So ugh, that's, that's I the thing. Know. I mean, people are going to be like, oh, well, you know, they've only collided mm. twice but if you if you look back at it we had the so the british grand prix is where they came together hungary was next and they never got to race on track because of what happened with bottas belgium wasn't a race so they didn't get to race <laughs> each other the dutch grand prix was probably the only race where they've essentially had a battle and it's been clean you know there was no but they weren't they weren't close really um monza they were on the same bit of track and they crashed. And then Russia, Max had the grid penalty. Turkey, Hamilton had the grid penalty. So realistically, mm. the only the last three times they've actually shared a racetrack, they've crashed twice. So I think that's why people are now thinking, you know, it just it just seems like how are they gonna how are they gonna be able to race each other? Because no one wants to to give an inch and I, I really hope it it doesn't happen because I totally agree with you. I don't I don't want this epic season to just become a case of them two just like taking each other out until the season finale. It would just it would just sour it a bit. Exactly. 
Well, we'll see what happens. We've only got, a f- well, I don't know, 12 hours or less to, to wait for that. But um, another question from Kong Hong says, does this strong qualifying make Max the favourite for the World Drivers' Championship? <laughs> I mean, we've still got six races to go. It's so funny how one good performance from either driver and it's like, they're the favourite now. They're the favourite now. Max Verstappen wins two races in Austria. Yeah, title's over. It's done. And then flips back the other way and everyone's like, Merck have got it now. Easy. Um, No, it's one qualifying session. I mean, I don't know know about you, but if, uh, and it is a big if because of what we spoke about, if they do both get round um, turn one and uh, carry on with the rest of the race, I feel like we've got going to have another situation where Lewis knows that his opportunity is out of turn 10 or 11, whichever is the one uh, before the long straight. Um, because obviously from lap three, lap DRS, but also that Mercedes is absolutely rapid now. Very concerning for Red Bull how quick that Mercedes is. And uh, yeah, it's going to be, um, yeah, it's going to be, worrying for max if he's got lewis right behind him because i mean you'd you'd bet that hamilton would get him down the straight with drs because that mercedes they were so quick in the middle sector um that he's surely going to have a run on him so i think for max he needs to get away at the start and break drs as soon as he possibly can he does indeed. I mean, we had uh, Red Bull show up at Paul Ricard and that's obviously a typical Mercedes track. So we'll, we'll wait and see. We go to Mexico after the US, which is typically a Red Bull track. But as we've been saying, this season is proving anything could happen. So it could be that we get to Mexico and an Aston Martin is on pole. <laughs> but it, it does. the form has changed, hasn't it, between Red Bull and... And Mercedes, it's almost like that's gone out the window of what is a Red Bull and what's a Mercedes track. Because, I mean, you saw it here. Max puts on pole two tenths on a track where it's been nothing but Mercedes every single year. But I would, I guess I'll ask you the same question, but if Max can't get Hamilton, uh, can't pull away from Hamilton, I see this being... I see Hamilton being strong in the race because of his straight line speed. I feel like he could get past Verstappen if Verstappen um, doesn't do some questionable defending (laughs) to try and stop him. Uh, It's going to be very interesting if they do, you know, we, we, like you say, we want them to get through that first corner because if Max is looking Mm. quick and they're, they're strong in different sectors, that's the perfect recipe for an exciting race where, they're always close together and Hamilton, you know, is trying to get past, but um, who do you reckon, who do you reckon between Max and Lewis, or do you reckon it's just explosion into turn one and Perez wins? <laughs> I mean, there's so many Mexican fans that are in Cota this weekend. They probably are all praying for something like that to happen. Yeah. But, oh, I don't know. I mean, like I said, coming into this weekend, I had a gut feeling that this would be, Lewis Hamilton's playground almost and that he would be the one to to take what I thought would be quite an easy win um so I'm probably gonna stick with my gut feeling even though Verstappen's just fully thrown a cat amongst the pigeons um but yeah it all depends on that turn one and 
I really hope like we'll, we'll obviously do the the post-race podcast tomorrow but I'm praying that it's a, a clean start it's, and it's going to be it's going to be now isn't it just a really boring clean start and everyone's like they're not, oh, oh yeah okay. <laughs> the just, popcorn away in the bin <laughs> just followed each other around the corner with no drama giving each other plenty of space and uh then it's just a a lights to flag win for whoever gets to turn one first now mm. now we've built up with all this drama but yeah we'll see <laughs> I think they said um, that the winner of the USGP, especially in Kota, has always come from the front row of the grid. So yeah, every year. Every year. Every single so year. So no pressure, guys. Yeah, don't crash. <laughs> <laughs> we interrupt this WTF1 podcast. A very quick chat about our sponsor for this episode, Manscaped. Attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston. Do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. If you're ready for an out-of-world experience, look no further than the performance package 4.0 from Manscaped that has just taken off in not only the USA, but Canada, the UK, across Europe, Australia, South Africa and Singapore. Inside this package, you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your whole solar system. So what are you waiting for? You can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code WTF1 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code WTF1 at manscaped.com. Trust me, your body will thank you. Right, let's get back to the podcast. Right, well, let's talk about somebody who would benefit if the two did crash, and that's Sergio Perez. Gold star for my segue there. <laughs> uh, at Rush, and I'm really sorry if I, I can't read these usernames. At Rush. Russell Rasdan. Russell Rasdan 20. That's my guess anyway. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you take that one. <laughs> <laughs> they ask, how has Perez suddenly become so comfortable with the car recently? Any reasons as to why that could be? Uh, well, as we were saying uh, on the podcast last time, Russia, you know, Checo put in a good stint. They made those tyres last and he was one of those people, I think, alongside Alonso who, uh, and obviously Lando Norris, but we don't want to talk too much about that. But the, when the rain came down, their race kind of was just ruined. Yeah. Um, but Turkey got on the podium did some great defending uh with Hamilton so yeah he seems to be looking pretty comfortable in that car and I really hope that it lasts obviously for the rest of the season but particularly today and in Mexico because I mean imagine that Sergio Perez winning in Mexico like going through the grandstand at the Autodromo all those fans like that's that's a place that I want to be when you're given you're just giving me anxiety now of Sergio Perez having to gift for Stappen the win in Mexico and that being horrendously unpopular oh god well I was, <laughs> didn't we even think about the, that scenario <laughs> we were talking about this on the watch along last night and I was saying I mean obviously there's a world championship on the line and Red Bull are gonna want Verstappen to win the championship rather than probably Perez win in Mexico but obviously with Checo joining the team there's a lot of Mexican sponsors on that team on that car now as well and it, it might be it could be like a Red Bull one two. And if Checo can get the win, then obviously that will be an amazing day for Red Bull in Mexico. There's but... no way Christian Horner's letting that happen, though. <laughs> I mean, they, they literally pulled him. They literally pulled him into the pits <laughs> in Silverstone when he was seventh or eighth or whatever he was, and would have got 
P8 just to take a fastest lap point off Hamilton. I mean, that says everything you need to know what Red Bull are going to yeah. do with their, their tail. Crush, I'm sorry to crush your dreams. Stop crushing my dreams. <laughs> for Perez to win in Mexico, it's going to have to be Max's his third behind Hamilton or something like that. A, D, a DNF to happen, or, or a DNF. But I heard, uh, I think it was, I think I'm sure it was Crofty's or maybe it was Jensen Button saying that Perez has now sort of stopped using Max Verstappen's setup so much and being so reliant on Max's setup uh, and kind of going with something he's more comfortable with, maybe that's the thing that sort of turned it around. Because, I mean, I know I know Max is on pole, but Max has had a lot of poles and this is Perez's best result for a, a very long time since Austria, I think it was. And he's... Um, yeah, he, he needs to be improving and qualifying, and that's exactly what he did uh, yesterday, as it was now. Um, <laughs> very confused about time zone. Uh, and yeah, he if he's now sort of got the car to the way he likes it, and it's not a case of, oh, Max Verstappen's winning, just copy what Max is doing, but then uh, whether you believe the myths or not that the, the Red Bull is you know set up towards Max and... Um, which I think we can agree they're definitely going to be setting up towards Max because they want him to win the title. Um, whether that's almost an impossible car to drive with Max's setup and all this, maybe that, that's the that's the way to do it and that's the way that Pres is going to improve. And if that is the case, what a time mm. for him to, to do it because Red Bull really need him now. I think Christian Horner said, didn't he, that this is the first time in a long time where it's been two against one. Uh, where they've had it two against one because I think they've been yeah, feeling a lot true. recently that it's been Max up against the two Mercedes on his own. Now with Bottas's penalty, we've got uh, the two Red Bulls and they're going to be, well, I think Perez starting on the, the clean side really needs to get a better start than Hamilton and try and make Hamilton's life difficult into turn one. This is so exciting. I know, it's tense, Literally. isn't it? 8pm tonight, cannot come soon enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about track limits because that was also something that was very popular over qualifying and FP3. And to be honest, just the whole weekend, just track limits every weekend. Um, at Motti BCN said, hi, hello. <laughs> Why do race <laughs> officials only monitor track limits on specific corners? Which is a valid point because I know yesterday when after qualifying you know team Hamilton was sharing screenshots of Max Verstappen going over white lines at one corner and then team Verstappen <laughs> was sharing screenshots back of Hamilton doing exactly the same I'm thing so, so glad you said that I was going to mention the very same thing it's yeah, hilarious isn't it it is it is amusing um because like you say there's just both drivers are doing it and they're just clashing on on social media but it is, I suppose it is difficult and like strange to understand for maybe new fans of the sport because you just think white line is the the track limits. Like that seems a fairly simple thing to just enforce. But Tommy, what, what are your thoughts on this question? I know we joke about the FAAs uh, being a bit incompetent sometimes, but... Really? Uh, yeah, <laughs> especially uh, certain people. Um but yeah, it's with with the greatest of respect. Uh, some random Twitter account 
screenshotting, qualifying, uh, you know, a lap in qualifying. The the FAA are not going to see that on Twitter and go, oh yeah, we missed that. You know, they've got so much information. They can see every single lap. They'll have monitored every single lap because they know exactly how controversial it is. I mean, Max got uh, Max and Lewis got their lap times deleted in FP3, didn't they? Uh, their best lap times, and yeah, it's it's not something. I did see both screenshots because the first one I saw was Hamilton. Uh, people replying with loads of Hamilton screenshots going, Hamilton's going to lose his second place here. Look, look at this. His wheels slightly off the track. Uh, and then when I asked for the questions um, today, there was someone replying with Max Verstappen screenshots in exactly mm-hmm. the same place, exactly the same corner, looks exactly the same line going, why hasn't Max lost his pole? Um, so they both do it. And clearly that means it's allowed. It, the thing is, they... It is annoying with track limits because I get as annoyed as anyone that it should just be a case of the white line, you go off, you go off. Um, But as we've heard in the past, it's not quite as simple as that when you're driving a car at 200 miles an hour and pushing everything. Because sometimes you do generally just make a mistake or run wide and you don't gain time. And that's the limit that the FA need to find. Um, So the reason they monitor certain corners is because you you can get a huge advantage because uh, the final uh final corner like sorry the penultimate corner uh, okay. if you yeah if you obviously run really wide there you could essentially take it flat out <laughs> and then carry on and do it again i can't remember what race i'm sure everyone will will know um but there was a race fairly recently i can't remember it might have been indycar actually and they did no track limits so they just said you can do what oh, you want wow. so th- so they actually ran wide at that corner because obviously you can take so much more entry and then you get a, a quicker run onto the main straight because they were so sick of policing. They just said, well, just do it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> Somebody's that, just taking a shortcut and be like, no track limits. <laughs> yeah. And that, that was <laughs> one of the things where I watched it and once it's in your head and it's like, that's allowed for everyone, then it's fine. But I appreciate a lot of people maybe watching and especially the, uh, the old school bring back gravel people will be watching that going, that's ridiculous. You know, it's it's making it absolutely farcical. I totally understand that as well. Um, but yeah, it's all about only monitoring the track limits on specific corners because they're the ones that they can gain an advantage on. And that's the one that, you know, could essentially decide between pole or not. Yeah, I think the one thing that annoys me slightly about all of this, aside from maybe the actual whole point of track limits is, so this weekend came into Kota, track limits, turn nine exit and turn 19 exit. And that was track limits. And then the race director, Michael Massey, put out more notes. Um, I think it might have been Saturday morning and said, we're actually going to be monitoring turn six at the apex as well. And it just seems, and we've had this so many times, almost like every race where we rock up and it's like, okay, X, Y, and Z, you, you have to keep with track limits. And then they also add in like, oh, also ABC, like halfway through the weekend. And it's like, do you not have like data? Like I, I get it if we've come to a brand new track and we've never raced there before, completely understand that you're not going to understand the characteristics of the cars and, you know, where they're going to maybe go off or whatever and try and get an advantage at the turns. But for someone like Kota, like you must know that certain turns like drivers will t- try and take an advantage on. I, yeah. I don't understand why it's suddenly just midway through the weekend. They're like, we should probably, we should probably monitor that. It's like, yeah. 
I don't understand it. But anyway, there's a lot of things I don't understand about the FIA and their way of policing <laughs> things. But let's save that rant for another time. <laughs> yeah, we can't we can't do uh, uh, if we we'll, if you get on an FIA rant, we'll uh, miss the race. We will. We'll miss the start, <laughs> turn one, all of it. Um, well, somebody is wanting to maybe have a little run in this next question because we're talking about grid penalties as, you know, we're getting to the end of the season. Inevitably, there's going to be more grid penalties. I think it's Alonso, Russell, Vettel are going to start from the back of the grid. Valtteri Bottas has got a sixth ice, which, I mean, of course it's Valtteri Bottas. Just, I'm just putting it out there. Um at Casey underscore Janet underscore one says, do you think it's time for F1 to bring in harsher penalties for using engines from outside the allocation? There needs to be a real deterrent from doing that. What Mercedes have done with Bottas maybe a significant financial penalty or a points deduction. Uh, I don't think a financial penalty will do anything because lots of these teams have got, you know, a fairly big budget. Mercedes, prime example like if they have to fork out five thousand euros to upgrade something they'll do that in a heartbeat um it does seem maybe slightly unfair on the drivers i mean i do feel particularly bad for Valtteri bottas because this season you know he had the the grid drop in monza which prevented him from starting at the front and like it has been uh unfortunate in that way but they're having a great points. season as well. Like it's yeah, a shame. Like, like not is. a great season, but great end to the season. We should probably clarify that because he had a terrible start to the season. Yeah. But um yeah, his end to the season has been really good. And it's a shame that it's getting sort of scuppered by all these penalties because he's actually been uh, I know it's a bit of a skewed stat because Hamilton uh, and uh, Verstappen crashed in Monza, but since he signed, you know, the Alpha deal, he's he's scored the most championship points out of anyone. And yeah, it's it's such a shame, isn't it? Because he he could be up there with them, but it's just mad that it's Bottas again. And mm. I, I totally I did not see it coming when Mercedes announced it. You know, you just think Bottas has had his penalties, he's done his thing, you know, Mercedes are bulletproof with them their engine. Yeah, and maybe this is, this the is other maybe thing. they're using it as a guinea guinea pig. So Bottas, um, you know, they can test the test if it's worthwhile they can see his data compared to Hamilton and know whether the engine performance is so much better with a new one whether it's worth taking a five second uh, five place grid drop again and just doing it but I mean to answer the the person's question it's it's such a difficult balance because you know the rule's been put in to reduce costs because in the the 90s or early 2000s I can't remember the exact figure, but I remember seeing some absolutely outrageous statistic that BMW, when they were at Williams, went through about, I'm sure it was about 250 engines in a year. And they would literally use, they would literally use loads and testing because they're just throwing money at it to win the championship, Mm -hmm. obviously. And for them, you know, they're saying it's cost cutting, but Mercedes, you know, do you, do you want to blow up and lose the championship or do you want to just take a take a penalty a little penalty and uh put a new engine in you know they're not going to be like oh we we should probably save money and and do this mm. you know they're going to throw everything that they can a manufacturer um to win the championship and get the best performance they can so yeah it's a difficult balance because when you start 
doing a financial penalty. One for the likes of Mercedes, it's like, well, oh no, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a points deduction seems really unfair because, you know, if you if you do a points reduction, imagine the outrage that Verstappen would be losing points and yes. Perez because his engine got blown up by Hamilton at Silverstone and Bottas uh, mm. equally doing that, that to Perez. And then not only have people obviously lost it over that uh, being um, something more than it is, uh, it's if they got a points reduction as well and you know, Mercedes end up winning the championship because Red, they've punted Red Bull out twice and they've got losing engines and points, it starts to get a bit farcical. So unfortunately, I think this is the best way. Uh, I don't really think, you know, no one wants to take a grid penalty. Um, so it is an, a, a disadvantage, but I don't think you can start taking points off people. I think that would get a bit silly. My God, imagine social media if that was announced. Crikey. Mm, yeah. <laughs> well, let's have a little reminder of our predictions for the USGP, which we made two weeks ago. Um, I'll read out Matt's. And I mean, <laughs> there's many... Many his reasons. First one. Yeah, yeah. His first one many reasons like... why I don't want this to happen. One, I don't want to give Matt the satisfaction of points. And two, obviously, I don't want it to happen for the sake of the championship. Matt's gone for a crash at turn one. Somebody um, knew that it was going to be a Hamilton and Verstappen front row. Literally. Uh, so that's Matt's prediction. So let's see if that turns up to be true. Uh, and then he's also gone for Red Bull and Mercedes, miles clear of everyone else, which I mean, we're being really good here, being quite vague at this because Matt, when I said crash at turn one, is that in Formula One? He was like, it's in any championship at any point in the weekend, which uh, I think shouldn't be allowed. But uh, I don't, the Red I Bull wouldn't and- say they're miles clear. I don't know. I'm sure we'll be arguing no, that one. He might, he might say, oh, I meant in the race, if like Hamilton and Verstappen just fly away. And I think like- for that, they need to, they need to pretty much lap, lap like fourth, don't they? Sorry, fifth, yeah. uh, if Bottas makes his way through. Yeah. We shall see. We're, we're making the rules. Uh, Tommy, what predictions have you gone for? So I've gone for Bottas given team orders, which is very unlikely to happen. Now he's starting ninth. Uh, yeah, don't see how that's happening unless maybe Hamilton pits early and ends up behind him. And I'll be taking those points when he moves out of the way. Uh, and then Leclerc, <laughs> top five finish, which is looking... That is pretty decent good. at the moment because uh, Ferrari look look good and Leclerc put an amazing, amazing quality quali in, and he's starting on a good tire. And like his teammate, which I'm very concerned about, science is going to plummet in the race, which I think he did as well, didn't he? After afterwards, yeah. No, it's a uh, an interesting tire choice that. But hey, Ferrari strategy. What even is a Ferrari strategy? The master plan. <laughs> exactly. I've gone for a mechanical failure for one of the championship contenders, which I don't know. It's not looking too... too <laughs> will, will, will Hamilton or Verstappen's engine break into turn one before they collide? Let's find yeah, out. <laughs> get the point before Matt. Um, and I also went for Ricardo finishes ahead of Norris, which technically he did finish ahead of Norris in qualifying yesterday. You were very vague. I was very vague. I've done well. So there we go. Uh, The fans uh, at Kendrick underscore said Latifi out qualifies Russell. I'm afraid already that's that's not happening. Uh, At F1 Atidja. 
McLaren double DNF, which if that happens, I won't be very happy. Um, maybe and maybe at- they're the ones colliding into turn one. Oh, oh don't you start these. There's <laughs> <laughs> it. Clipped. Clipped it, yeah. And at Mega VS Primus said Mick to score points, which would That's be bold. impressive. From he's 16. starting 16th, yeah. Latifi's up in 14th, by the way. Fair play. Oh. I, just, uh, I know there's grid penalties and stuff, but decent. Go, go in 14th. Uh, right. Well, I think we should probably round that up here because otherwise we're going to end up talking and the race will have started and all this kind of stuff. But thank you very much, Tommy, for joining me on this Sunday morning podcast. Still doesn't feel quite right, but... <laughs> I know, it's um, bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, I'm going to ask if you have any final thoughts. <laughs> you can't do that to me. This is our chance to get away with it without that. Uh, my final thoughts is please no collision um, because yeah. I, I really don't want this this title to go to go sour. We we lo- I've loved, I'm not going to pretend I didn't love the drama of it to a point, um, you know, of having the odd on-track controversy. But now I just want to see Verstappen and Hamilton racing hard but fair going for the title rather than it just being a crash every week. So fingers crossed. We want to see them doing what they do best. Um, And my final thoughts is thank you for matching your jumper to my chair and cushions. The colour matching is on point. I know, it's a tribute to to you being the host today. That was definitely what I thought when I woke (laughs) up. I was like, oh. Those match Katie's cushions. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. I hope that um, all of you listening and watching enjoyed this little pre-race pod. And we will see you tomorrow for the traditional post-race Traditions. podcast. <laughs> yeah, get a, <laughs> get a little beer. Um, and don't forget, if you are a Team WTF1 member, you can watch that live. Um, all the information on how to join Team WTF1 will be in the description box below. And uh, yes, see. Oh, one more. I've got one more final thought. Oh, okay. Well done, Katie, because you were you were you're a fantastic host, and it was 3 a.m. when you went to bed last night doing all the. All the stuff. So to get up, and uh, I would, I would not be awake if I'd have, uh, if I'd have gone to bed at three a.m. I would not even be able to get my words out. So well done. Pat on the back, and also <laughs> done it without any tea because I've run out of milk. So I'm literally just running. That's on even teams. more extreme. For you. I know. How, how are you even functioning? It's it's one of life's biggest mysteries. <laughs> right. Anyway. Thank you very much, and. See you soon. Bye. Bye.